0: Projectile hypnosis.
1: Is going to be the episode name? Hypnosis. Projectile hypnosis. hmm
0: Do you like it? No.
1: It doesn't make sense. It needs to make sense. What about Lumpy and Edgar? Okay. <laughs> for this one. Because <laughs> we have no plans and no structure and no organization. Do we need to have plans? Can we talk about hypnosis for a second? <laughs> Have you ever been hypnotized? (laughs) I have been
0: hypnotized. Okay. I've been hypnotized when I was younger. My boyfriend, he thinks that I should do it because I'm very suggestible um, as far as like I can control my dreams and like I dream very vividly. And I am convinced if I get hypnotized, I'll come out of it being a serial killer. No, I think it would help you. Like if you had any addictions. Well, I definitely have like food addictions.
1: When I was hypnotized, (laughs) this is like a very personal story, but it was a very big deal. And I think it's a good thing if you're a teacher out there to listen to and realize that your actions can affect a child for the rest of their life. Mm. When I was little, I was on a school bus. That morning, parents were divorced, so I stayed with my mom, my dad. That was my dad's morning. My dad used to make a big deal about me having a healthy breakfast. So I had like a half a grapefruit and then a glass of orange juice and like a bowl of cereal, oatmeal, whatever it was, a hot chocolate, because that's what I wanted. So you have to think that I just down liquid from a half a grapefruit, a glass of orange juice, a hot chocolate Mm. and milk from a cereal. That's a lot of liquid. And I was a little girl. I, I would have to nine pee or 10. in 27 minutes after that. Well, apparently I didn't have to pee. And then I got to school. And I don't know if maybe I went there. I didn't. I, I don't really remember. I, I remember the dress I was wearing, it was super cute. It was this little like pink and white striped dress, comfortable like cotton. And we were in a rush because we were going to a field trip that morning. We were going to see the symphony. Mm. because every fifth grader wants to go to the symphony. And we had a substitute teacher that day. Our, mm. our regular teacher wasn't in. So we go down there, we sit down and halfway through the show, I have to pee. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I got to go. Mm-hmm. And I I couldn't have weighed, I couldn't have weighed maybe 80 pounds. I mean, I was so tiny. Yeah, And she tells me, no, we're not getting up. Like we can't get up to use the bathroom because like yeah, teachers were really controlling about using the bathroom back then. I don't I know. know if it's still like that, but It was just ridiculous. Like, I I wasn't the type of kid that made things up. I was a really well-behaved, scared-of-authority child. Yes. Shy. Like, I wasn't that kind of kid. So she wouldn't let me go. She told me we didn't have time afterwards for me to go, and I was just going to have to hold it. And I should have gone before we left. We sat through at least an hour to an hour and a half long symphony. So we get on the school bus. We start going back. I'm, like, dying. Tears coming down my eyes because I have to pee so bad. And, like, your bladder can only hold so much. Yeah. Yeah. And finally, and we that's were, how you get UTIs. And oh, kidney. it was awful. Yeah, it was awful. So we were almost back to the school. Like I'd say, we were on the highway, probably ten minutes from the school, if that. And we get stuck in traffic. And I just knew. I'm like, that's it for me. Mm-hmm. That's it. And I could not hold it anymore. And my bladder released, and like it's, I was sitting kind of in the middle of the bus. It's going down the aisle. People are asking where the water is coming from. Mm. It was terrible. I think I knew it was going to happen, so I kind of was able to hike the dress up, so my dress didn't get all wet. And I think I just went back into school and like changed, took my underwear off, and got through the day. But because of that, to this day, I have an issue with not being able to use the bathroom. Like when they lock it on the planes. Like if I'm at a concert, being stuck in traffic by myself or with other people driving because I feel like if I have to go it's better now, but I had a huge anxiety. So that was fifth grade. I didn't go on another field trip for three to four years. Finally, and I think it was seventh grade, my mom's like, I can't keep making excuses for you not to go on these field trips. Like, it looks weird for me. Mm-hmm. We decided to take me to get hypnotized because I'm not going to take a Xanax in seventh grade. You yeah, know, <laughs> like no. those options weren't there. It wasn't an option to get high or to do anything to help anxiety.
0: Well, hypnotism back then was way more controversial than it is now it's- I mean, I applaud Suzanne for going to some of these alternative.
1: I don't know how she discovered it. If maybe I there was a therapist that recommended, but I went. She hypnotized me and taught me a pressure point on my hand mm-hmm. that I could press if I was anxious mm-hmm. or because, you know, you get all sweaty and you're st- you get the butterflies. And even though I probably didn't really have to pee, I had so much anxiety. By the time I went through that process, I did. Basically, I was having panic attacks. Mm-hmm. Um, I could press this place on my hand, the spot on my hand, and it would help to calm me down because it would take me back to that session
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, with the hypnosis. And do you still do that? I've tried it. I think it's probably worn off. Mm-hmm. Um, since then, I've had had times where I've done it, but it definitely helped back then. Did it 100% cure me? No, I still thought about it. had anxiety, but I was able to push myself a little bit more mm-hmm. than I was before. That teacher, I don't remember who that's. I wish I could talk to her today. I still think about it. It still affects me. Like if I'm going to plan like an outing with friends, the first thing I think about, whether I voice it or not, is, is there going to be a bathroom there? Oh, we're taking a bus somewhere. Is there a bathroom on the bus? Mm-hmm. Is it a coach bus? So I do think that hypnosis helps me with that. I do believe in alternative. I believe in acupuncture. I'm afraid of it because I hate needles, but I haven't done I it. I highly but. suggest acupuncture. I know. Um, everybody does. I'll have to get past my thing.
0: I it, it hasn't worked for me with everything. I have a torn ACL in my knee mm-hmm. and it's unrepaired. Every few years I twist my knee up and it gets swollen. And under a normal, normal circumstance, it takes two to three weeks for that swelling to fully go down. But if I can get in and get acupuncture within 48 hours, it goes down Hmm. immediately. Now for my compressed discs in my back and my sciatic Mm -hmm. nerve pain, did nothing for that. But I do believe in it. But I, I think you bring up a really interesting point about the way classrooms used to be and how they are now because I had an incident that did not scar me. It just annoyed me. I was in fourth grade and I raised my hand. I was like, I have to go to the bathroom. I feel sick. And my teacher was like, well, you have to wait. And probably 30 seconds later, projectile vomit like all over everything. And then I got yelled at for vomiting in the classroom. Like, why did you vomit all over the floor? And then they brought out that like cedar dust stuff that they always threw over the the vomit you don't know about that no yeah it was like, <laughs> like cedar what shavings are you talking about someone listening knows about the cedar shavings um I remember I got yelled at you you know when you're sick and you know you're gonna throw up you don't have a lot of time no like, you gotta get there so it was yeah. like raise my hand I'm sick I have to go to the bathroom hold on and then I'm like you know heaving and choking it back and then I couldn't and it just it just blew everywhere all over all the desks and then I got yelled at I think things are different now because depending
1: on where you live, the parents, helicopter parents, Mm -hmm. that's not going to fly nowadays. But there's something with those people in those positions. And I think it carries over into workplaces, too. It's like this position of authority. Like, why? Just let the kid go
0: to the bathroom. What do you think they're going to go do? And I think it's an interesting thing to talk about because there are groups of people that find it problematic that we are making snowflakes and overindulging children and it needs to be the way it used to be and
1: no it doesn't be in the middle
0: (laughs) right I think we do make some special snowflakes out there and it's a little too much but yeah but no it wasn't perfect before like every
1: generation is going to have problems but I don't think we should be I I, I'm not the person that believes in everybody gets a trophy and nobody wins because we all tried our best no there's winners, there's losers yes we all try best. That drive to move forward and be successful is what makes the world move forward. And you need those people. Mm-hmm. You need the people who are going to have that drive as well as you need the people who don't because they hold different types of jobs. And actually, I don't think you're a millennial. I think you're a zennial. Is that what it is? Like that in-between thing? Well, that's what the people
0: that were born in my window want to be called. Yes. I am perfectly happy being a millennial. And I think it's funny because one of the negative things about being a millennial is supposedly we want to feel special. But I think that wanting to be in your own little five-year group as a Xennial is, like, the epitome of being special. So it's like, who's a millennial now, Xennials? Like, <laughs> woo. Um, here's the millennial stuff that I identify with. I identify with the concept of uh, no borders and boundaries. So if I can imagine it, I can do it. I don't need to have a traditional lifestyle. I don't need to have a traditional job or relationship or anything. I don't have to have a baby. Like I can do everything on my own timeline. And if I want to be a professional Instagram model, that is a hundred percent a valid career. And that's a big hot topic right now. Have you heard about this? I know what an Instagram influencer is. Mm -hmm. I follow more dog
1: influencers than I do
0: people. So but. there's this big story right now about how Instagram to combat bullying and the self-worth of people and kids specifically, they're going to take away the likes. So when... Oh yeah, yeah. When, I think this is ridiculous. When you get like a whole bunch of likes, it's not going to be published on your post. So no one knows how many likes are on something. Well, do you know? But other people don't know? I don't know. I don't I like have that. to But uh, how do you know if people are seeing what you're posting? Right. I have to assume you don't know because the whole argument from the Instagram community, people that actually make money where Instagram is their job are like, if I don't have data to show my sponsors, Mm -hmm. I can't get paid because it's in tiers. So it's like, I don't know the actual numbers because I'm not employed as an Instagram influencer, but it's something like every 25,000 you are at a bracket. So Mm -hmm. like if you have 25,000, then you're going to get paid X dollars. Like if you have a million, you get paid way more. So it's in these brackets of how many people you affect. And there's this whole generation. There's this huge group of people, mostly from older generations, that are like, get a real job. Like, boo-hoo. And I want to smack them because I'm like, just because
1: well, that's that's a lack of understanding social media and how it works, because it is a real job nowadays. I don't agree with that. I, I do think taking away the likes is a little extreme. I, I don't think that's the issue with bullying. Having a stepdaughter that went through social media bullying, it had nothing to do with likes. It was the type of accounts that people opened up things that they said and did via photos or their little private clubs Mm. or um, using that as a source of information. The likes were never the issue. Mm. See, we just take things too far. Social media is a part of our world now. That's Mm -hmm. what it is. It's an addiction. It is what it is. And I think you need to look at the bigger picture with that than just, oh, this is bullying because this person got 300 likes and this person only got 20. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. I,
0: I I agree with you, and I also get frustrated when people say it's not a job. Everyone that I know that does it works really hard, minimum 60 hours a week, because you have to get the lighting, you have to have the concept, you have to hustle. You are literally running your own business. Oh, sure. Where and you it's constant. are everything. I mean, right. you're the photographer, you're the model, you're the business person. For anyone to say that that is not a job is very annoying to me. It's yeah, they just don't understand and it's not knowing. Yeah. So we have a fantasy a very millennial fantasy that we one, do. You and I. It's a, a folly ado. It's a shared delusion that our podcast is going to be a big deal and we might be able to do it full time. That would be pretty awesome.
1: I, I think mean, both of us would get bored doing it full time though. I think we're some we're people who need multiple things going on at once. Oh for sure. I, I want to do a live show. <laughs> I, I, I That's what I want to do. I think if we were To be able to go somewhere and have an audience and, like, play off the audience and people like that, that that would, like, energize us. Just share crazy stories. What's it like getting
0: older? Like, do you have the Botox vs. Bangs thing? Get on stage. Show us. Let's lock it in. Once we hit X number of downloads, we will do a live show in whatever city... We're most popular in because we can to s- kind of probably be Piceville, Maryland. We can see that data. No, let's We'll I mean, have it at the synagogue. We'll get on a plane and show up at your city or the deli. Mm. How many downloads do you want to say? Do we want to say 50,000? Are we paying for this whole escapade ourselves?
1: It's going to be have to be more than 50. We're going to have to pay for sound to rent the venue out. Some How does we'd have to sell tickets to it? We'd have to do all those things.
0: None of this intimidates me because I am in an industry where I have arranged band things before. So whatever city it is, I'm just going to call up whatever Hard Rock Cafe and be like, hey, like. We're coming, you're doing this, and we'll figure it oh, out. Oh, you are? <laughs> yeah. Okay. And and I'll I'll contact a band that I know in that I think area. We need to shoot for a like, hundred thousand. We need your That's so many. I feel we can do it. You gotta share. You
1: okay. gotta tell your friends, you gotta share. And if you wanna see us live, we'll come anywhere. But
0: a hundred thousand it is. Do we have a time limit? Um it is currently summer of twenty nineteen. Do we wanna say by winter of twenty twenty? By New
1: Year's Eve. 2020, 2020 into 2021. Yes, if we
0: hit 100,000 downloads, <laughs> we will come <laughs> to your city. What, it, what's your fantasy word again that we both have? Oh, uh, we have a folly adieu. That's gonna, a shared a big folly adieu. <laughs> yeah. Did I teach you a new word today? You did. It's French. I mean, we are in five countries right now. So if Iceland really gets on the ball, yeah, like, yeah. come on, Iceland. We're gonna be we visiting. <laughs> yes. We also have Canada. We're only like three hour drive from Canada. So that's right. I mean we could go watch a hockey game mm-hmm. and Whale oh, you know, watching You know who has Canadian You love son. whales.
1: I do, I love <laughs> whales. You know who has Canadian roots? Jordan Knight. He does. <laughs> I've been so good. I haven't brought it up. I'm like, ooh, I can tie it. I can tie it back to Jordan. And I only know this because when I was going through my infatuation, like starting last September. You that act like it's over. It's over. I'm not. I haven't been like doing the internet research like i was doing i see it's come down a couple notches okay at worst it's dormant but i'm sure i read about the canadian background probably at 3 a.m in the morning on some internet search back in october so i like it rung about like wait a minute you know who's from canada so we could go to toronto we could or boston (gasps) i would love to do one in boston i do love Boston. boston It's funny. We have no downloads from Boston yet. We need to. I think we do. Crank that we have up. Massachusetts.
0: We do? Yep. We got Massachusetts okay. in the house. We have Philadelphia. Maybe it's Jordan. Oh, maybe name, it is. Maybe because his
1: name came. Isn't there like a search that you can put if your name just keeps pinging oh with my something? God. It's like,
0: wait a minute. Hold on. I know that the infatuation is over, but if in fact Jordan Knight is listening in Boston right now, what do you want to say to him? Ready? Yes. I know that pop music, it's a
1: hard thing to do and do well, but you do it well. Thank you.
0: <laughs> it almost <laughs> sounds like I rehearsed with you. It almost sounds like we
1: planned that at I, some point for backstage, which I never got to do. Jordan Knight,
0: if you're listening, it's disappointing. we would like to go backstage Take and just be supportive. A photo with you. I don't want the like each girl on one arm thing. No. Of the new kids on the block, I'll say the two to be like you. (laughs) Donnie Wahlberg is my favorite because I like him him in Blue Bloods. I love him in Blue Bloods. So
1: I never, ever, ever watch Blue Bloods. And then with my whole like crazy year, I literally had one of the worst years ever Mm -hmm. last year work and just feeling beat down. And I realize now that was just a great escape. It was a fun time in my life. It put a smile on my face every day while I was going into work. And it was a really good distraction with something to look forward to at the end of it with the concerts. That's why. I'm not just some crazy person here.
0: Well, I just realized, too, that I don't think that I had the worst year ever, but I had a challenging year. And I just realized that our friendship is like the phoenix rising from our bad years. It is. (laughs) It was pretty bad. That's pretty awesome. But I started watching Blue Bloods and I love
1: Donnie's personality. I follow him on Instagram. I love his little dog. Lumpy.
0: (laughs) I have not gone that deep into it. But if you said to me, hey, you can take a photo... I would take a photo with Lumpy. Yes. That would make me really happy. You and Jordan can have your alone time. And and, you and Lumpy. And I'll take. And you you can take a photo with Lumpy. I want to give Donnie Wahlberg a high five. Um, Maybe we can pose where he's like arresting me like (laughs) for the Blue Bloods thing. Okay, because I am a fan because of the show, not as much because of the music. But much like you, I fully appreciate that writing a pop song is hard. If it was easy, we would all do it. It was one of
1: the best shows I ever went to. They gave the fans what they wanted, like they know what people are there for. Mm -hmm. And I went two times and both times I sang, I danced like the entire time I was there. And I left just feeling, like, elated. I just like imagining you having a good time. We'll have to post some pictures. How about we post some pictures of the concert on Instagram? Instagram. We are
0: on Instagram. If you're not following us yet, please do. You could be one of the first. Do we want to be on Facebook? I actually discussed that with the head of podcasting. I said, listen... We both have big girl jobs. Yeah. And um, <laughs> I currently am in charge of like five corporate social media accounts. Um, yeah. So and I'm overseeing th- like many. Right. <laughs> so I was like, what is the most important thing? And he's like, Instagram, done. We are so extra podcast. But speaking of Donnie Wahlberg having Lumpy the dog that you want to take a picture with. So I've asserted that I am new in the country music world. And I don't want to act like it's more often than it is, but there are many times that we are going backstage, we are doing interviews, we get tickets to things, and I've never asked for anything since I've been working in country music, in part because I don't feel that I'm the biggest fan. So in the same stead, when there are times when things are available, I typically say no, but I approached one of my bosses. Hey, you know Brett Eldridge? And he's like, yeah you want to meet Brett Eldridge? Do it like he's not on tour right now. And I was like, no, I want to meet Brett Eldridge's dog, Edgar. <laughs> um, so if you have an opportunity to like get me and Edgar, just float that out there. I want that. I don't need to meet Brett Eldridge. What I want is to hang out and get a photo with Edgar. I love Edgar. <laughs> And did he say he could try to make that happen for you? Yes, he laughed a lot. And he said, oh, I wish I had known, you know, two years ago when we were all hanging out with Edgar, like whatever. And it's like, I know, like, I know I'm talking to the person that has the access. So next time, just know. There are some other artists that bring their dogs on tour. And I get very excited about hanging out with their dogs. Mm -hmm. Like Lumpy. I'm telling you. I've never met Lumpy, but I have met Bacon, who is Tristan Prettyman's dog. I've met Elmer, who is Eric Hutchinson's dog. Um, You've met Chewy and I'm, Larry. Chewy and Larry. I mean, famous. I'm like right
1: up there with yes. all these
0: people. You've met them. So They're I do, insta-famous. I do get very excited about the dogs. So yes, Brett Eldridge, if you're listening. Um, Edgar. Your music is great. Like, I don't need to meet you. I want to hang out with your dog. Someone that really loves you can meet you. (laughs) Going backstage and meeting people, unless you already
1: have some type of relationship with them, like, I I feel like they're busy. Like, they're trying to get through their, whatever they have to do before the concert to get ready. If we met under different circumstances, like, we were both supporting the same charity Mm -hmm. or there was something in
0: common, I think that would be different. I oftentimes get really excited about meeting like not the lead singer in the band and talking to that person. Recently, I was out for a Rob Thomas show. Matt Beck, who was part of Matchbox 20, is touring with Rob Thomas right now. God, like 10 years ago. He was also in this project called Break and Repair Method, and I interviewed them with Paul Doucette, fell in love with them, um, and really started appreciating them, and then when Rob Thomas was here recently, we went back to hang with everyone after the show. And I was so excited to see Matt back again. And there was this really small part of me that was like, I wonder if he remembers me from like 10 years ago in a different city. And literally, like I shake his hand and I'm like, I don't know if you remember me, but and as soon as I start describing it, he's like, you're the one with that crazy ass boyfriend. And we shouted you out on stage. And I'm like, <laughs> yes, because uh, we in the interview, like we just diverted to this whole the fetish guy, the fetish oh, guy that, that we one. spoke of. Yes. yes. I I was in the is, middle. Wait,
1: Is that the same person you took
0: this vacation with? No, From her, no. That's a different one. Oh, so, I can't keep up with your boyfriends. I mean, it seems like I have so many. It I've had. It does seem like. You I've have had seven. So many. I have had seven boyfriends in my life. Um, you just have intense stories about all of them. Each one of them is very remarkable. Yes. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So I was in the throes of. The bodybuilder fetish guy, when I did the interview with Break and Repair Method, and oh. met Matt Beck. I was in the middle of that. I unleashed that story on them. They couldn't believe it, much like you and the rest of the, the world. They had shouted me out on stage in Omaha like they threw out a song to me. Fast forward 10 years later, Matt Beck's with Rob Thomas, who I didn't meet at the time. And the first thing out of my mouth is like, oh, my God, do you remember me? Like, classic. <laughs> With a little bit of assistance, like jogging his mind. He's like, yes. And then. It's he- not a story you can forget. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I think this might be the first time that we don't have some sort of wacky title. For the show. For the show. So we talked about hypnosis. We talked about me projectile vomiting. Mm-hmm. We talked. Me to- peeing on the bus. Yes. <laughs> we talked about uh, going backstage. Like. This is one of those moments where like it's, it sounds We're just so extra. We are. <laughs> we could just leave it at we that. We could. I mean, I like the potential band name like Projectile Hypnosis. Projectile it's not going to be the episode name. Hypnosis.
1: Projectile Hypnosis. hmm Do you like it? No. It doesn't make sense. <gasps> it needs to make sense. What about Lumpy and Edgar? Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Bye.